In these bleak days, humanity is at a breaking point. Economies are tanking. The woke mob is canceling everything. And the little guy, who's just trying to run a small business, is getting screwed from both ends. But not all is lost. Amidst the chaos, two men offer up their voices in the darkness, dropping 2,000-pound laser-guided truth bombs on today's lunacy. Introducing the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham and L. Bradley Sheaf. Folks, Journey, an outstanding band of the 80s. No one would dispute that. And Steve one of Perry. Songs, Steve, Steve Perry, Perry, one yep, of the greats. Hits the high notes like no one else. He never stopped believing. We're not going to stop believing. And you out there should not stop believing. Even though this is a best of, we'll be back in a week, won't we, my friend? We are so excited to be back in a week. But we uh, right now are working on our upcoming podcast and uh, we are trying to line all this up. So this week, it has to be a best of episode while we uh, work all this out. And we will. But while we're working on that, the rest of you should listen to this best of. And we will see you again in one more week on IP Frequently. Well, we won't see them because we're not going to be in the same room with them, thank God, because we'd need like a restraining order. Yeah, and it's more of a euphemism. Yeah. Is that what that is? I don't know. Anyway, see you in a couple of weeks, folks. Brad, next, going to uh, your president, mind Joe Biden, some great, uh, interesting uh, news coming out this past week. First, uh, of course, uh, his son, Hunter Biden, is in court um, once again, filing a response to a uh, motion from his former lover and current baby mama, London Roberts, who is trying to have their four-year-old love child able to use the last name Biden. Um, of course, Hunter Biden is... Uh, the biological father that was proven when he was forced by a court to take a blood test. Uh, but at this point, Brad, uh, we have Hunter Biden responding to this request of a court uh, and asking the court to deny the request and not let the four-year-old who's his child have his name. Uh, what do you think about this, Brad? Do you think it's a good, smart legal move? And do you think it helps the president? Well, he's a douche. Okay. So, I mean, don't be surprised if he does things that are you know, just resplendent in their douchiness because he he just can't help himself. That's who he is. He's a douche. But but the more important question is, and the counsel that I would give to Miss London is, why in the hell would you want that poor child to have to bear the name Biden and be associated with that family in any respect, particularly, right? If you were going to say, hey, that that douche is your dad. Like if I were Miss London or perhaps, you know, Miss London's brother or father or uncle or, you know, some other person in a position of potential influence in her life, I would be telling her the last name that kid Smith, name that kid Schmeckenpepper, name that kid anything but Biden and do not tell him that his father is Hunter Biden. Right. I mean, just just say, listen, you're, I don't know who your father was. Your father was a, your father was Zeus. Right. He showed up in my bedroom. I couldn't resist. That's your dad. Right. Why set that kid down life's path 
knowing that the blood that flows in his veins comes from one of the like of Hunter Biden. That mm-hmm. that's the question. I mean, if you've already said they did a paternity test, so if she's looking for money, she can already get it. Why just tar that poor child with the name Biden? Period, and with any association to Hunter Biden. In his defense, though, he he she had the baby, but it was at the time when he was dating his uh, dead brother's widow. So um, he was otherwise engaged, Brad. But this is not the only issue that is uh, taking time out of the running of the government by the by the president, the great Joe Biden. Uh, Of course, uh, now, Brad, there are more documents that have turned up at Biden's think tank than at Biden's house in Delaware, where his son uh, stayed during the time he was having the affair with his brother's dead brother's widow. Um, uh, They found some more uh, files in other offices of the vice president. They found files from when uh, then Senator Biden was uh, privy to confidential and highly uh, classified information. Um, So it seems like uh, we've got a uh, we've got a big uh, problem in that now, if you sort of stack up the number of files that uh, President Biden has that are confidential, that are inappropriately held by him or his staff, they outweigh the ones that Trump uh, had where they had the midnight raid on Mar-a-Lago uh, to, to seize. So it seems like uh, this is a pretty significant uh, problem uh, for the uh, for the uh, for the president, especially given the very tough stand he took against uh, uh, any former president having uh, uh, highly um, classified information. Yeah, and oddly, buddy, this changes nothing. I mean, that's that's just the weird thing about this whole process, right? So Biden is just a jackass, right? So that so that hasn't changed, right? So he he takes this very virulent stance and and talks about what a moron Trump is. And then of course it turns out that he is even more of a moron in this respect than Trump is, right? But but that changes nothing, right? He was a jackass before that happened, he's a jackass now. Right. It it changes nothing about the way anyone feels feels about the situation. If you're a staunch pro Trumper, now you're just digging your heels in even deeper. If you're a staunch, you know, Grandpa Joe supporter, you're just pointing out the differences that, you know, don't exist. And in fact, Biden is, you know, in much hotter water with respect to this than than Trump is at this point, right? But but you're you refuse to believe that you know this was done on purpose by Joe and you refuse to believe that it was done on accident by Trump. So that changes nothing. And perhaps most importantly, buddy, is as we have pointed out multiple times on this very fine program, all of these guys have classified in their records. And now Pence has raised his hand and said, oops, I opened my sock drawer and there were some classified documents in there as well. And Again, it just serves to prove the point that nothing has changed. If you go back into any modern presidency, probably any time from, you know, like Truman forward and go through their records, you are going to find documents stamped with some sort of classification. It's just going to happen. We said it months ago when this first came out with Trump. This is the way it works. Right. The archives are supposed to do a better job. They don't. The, you know, the the primary person's staff, whether they're president, vice president, whatever, are supposed to do a better job. They don't. 
They don't care. They never have cared. And literally every one of these people has classified in their possession. And so nothing will change. Certainly no one's getting charged for this. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, obviously Biden can't charge Trump because he's, you know, <laughs> he can't, you know, and Trump can't do anything about Biden. And now Pence is over in the corner going, Hey, me too. I have classified too. What do you want to do about that? I mean, it's just, it's just going to, at this point, go away, which is, you know, probably for the best. Yeah. It probably, probably. Can you imagine the stuff that Gerald Ford must've had in his house? I mean, good God, Nixon, old Nixon, tricky. Oh, yeah. No, Nixon. Yeah. Nixon was, you know, still reviewing his classified portfolios while he was on the can in uh, in California there. Enjoyed Mm -hmm. it like a gentleman. Yes. Uh, Speaking of uh, of of uh, leaders who take responsibility for their actions, Brad, there's the case of the great uh, Congressman George Santos out of Queens. Of course, Brad, you and I unearthed a few weeks ago uh, some of the issues with his resume where it didn't appear that anything on the resume was 100 percent accurate. Um, And the New York Times has now dug into this a little more. He claimed he had a three point eight nine GPA, which has been apparently not exactly right. And he also said that he was responsible for quote, doubling the revenue at Goldman Sachs. Um, <laughs> he said that he, he said that he was a quote, proactive business development professional with a proven ability to optimize the bottom and top lines, including doubling the revenue at Goldman Sachs. First of all, <laughs> listen, 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 wow. you get this resume or you see this. Doesn't somebody yes. say at some point, uh, I don't know about this. <laughs> yeah, there's a this guy might be shading the truth a bit here. Yeah. It, it yeah, it seems like it's a little bit uh a little bit off. In addition, Brad, there are some clips now making the rounds, video clips showing George Santos referring to himself in 2019 at political forums as uh, Anthony DeVolder, Anthony DeVolder, and um, asking questions and making comments um, uh, about different uh, uh, political positions at these forums. Um, in fact, uh, in one of them, he does go on and on about the work he did at Goldman Sachs. It turns out he, he apparently didn't um, uh, work at uh Goldman Sachs. He uh, also claimed to be openly gay and living with a man when, in fact, he was married to a woman. So, um, uh, you know, it seems like some of this stuff may be problematic, but again, maybe, maybe not. Uh, you know, finally, Brad, there's a uh, there's a report that uh, George Santos. There, there's the video clips of uh, George Santos um, in Brazil about a decade ago, dressed as the drag queen Katara. Katara. There are actually videos of him shaking his his different um, things. What his mama uh, gave him. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, he, he, he's, he says that was not him. Come on. that's but, not me. Listen, listen. Me. Again, I would never dress like that again. A young it's man the Trump defense. I like it. A young man out there in Brazil dressed as a woman. What's the problem? Well, buddy, I, I yeah, see this is this, this is the problem with the situation in which we've gotten ourselves here in our culture, right? Like in any reasonable culture, you would look at this guy and you would say, listen, you, you have problems that are too numerous to actually count. You're a liar. You're a thief. You're a cheat. You deceive the electorate. We're getting rid of you. Except if you're the Democrats, you can't. 
because every word that just came out of my mouth could be equally as applied to the very president of the United States who happens to be in your party. So now you find yourself looking to point a finger and saying, well, you you did. Oh, wait a minute. Joe Biden did that. Well, you you, you did. Oh, wait a minute. Joe Biden did that. Well, yeah, but this. Yeah, damn it. Joe did that, too. You, you just can't do it. Right. So now we're stuck. We're unless we want to say, OK, Joe, you can't be the president um, because of what you did. Therefore, George Santos, you cannot be a congressman because of what you did. Right. Unless you want to do both of those things, you can't do either. Yeah. So it's like the same deal with the classified. I mean, first people are like, yes, we're going to get Trump. He's finally done it. Oh, wait a minute. Old Grandpa Joe is, you know, three times, three times the number of classified documents Trump does. And then again, you know, over there in the corner, waving his hand. Hey, hey uh, remember me? I'm Mike Pence. I've got classified, too. I, you, know, you just you can't fix the problem unless yeah. you want to just clear house, which I am all for. I'm, I mean, listen, I, 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 I give the Santos dude benefit of the doubt. Um, and, and listen, he, he apparently was in Brazil 10 years ago as Katara, uh, hanging out with another gentleman who was Eula Renard, Roard, 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 And, uh, they were doing some, some dancing. And, uh, at the time, um, uh, this is uh, Roard's real name is Richard, which is interesting, said Santos never uh, came across as a professional drag performer, quote, performer, quote, he did not have what it takes to be a professional. He didn't have the chops. He didn't have the glamour for it. But Richard insisted that Santos, quote, lied about everything. Quote, he used to create stories, usually involving money or the fact that his mother died in the Twin Towers. Um, he said that his dad was rich, but we never understood why his mother, who was still alive, was a cleaning woman. There was nothing wrong with being a cleaning lady. But if his dad was rich, why then? And if she died in the Twin Towers, how did she pull that off? So, Brad, um, it seems <laughs> like there may be a reasonable questions, David. If she's there. dead, how is she a cleaning lady? And maybe you have to. Maybe she lady, uses the app. She maybe she uses the app to communicate with her employees and, and to and, clean. And, That's yeah. the next step up. We have had a request from one of our uh, avid uh, followers, Marshall in uh, Palm Beach, uh, has asked that you and I, you and I, see if we can. Uh, spell some of the words that were in the final rounds of the national spelling bee. So in this case, you and I will both be taking five words chosen at random by our producer. So we get Jared all fired up. He's been working with the boys in the back room and with uh, some of the people at the scripts uh, spelling bee. Again, the rules are Brad and I have no knowledge whatsoever of these words. Uh, we have not um, looked at them. Uh, we do not uh, generally consider ourselves uh, um, very good with uh, spelling or no anything for that matter similar to that. But uh, at this point, Brad, I think as long as you understand the rules, I do. Okay. Um, do you want to? Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? And Jared, are you ready to start this the big uh, the big uh, production here? David, your word is crustaceans. Crustaceans, like as in the lobster. That is correct, as in a lobster would be an example of a crustacean. C-R-U-S, T-A-C-E-A-N. I'll accept it, the word is crustaceans. Oh, for fuck, then put an S at the end. Or it could be a Z, I'm not really sure. 
No, I, I think it's a crustacean. See, they're already, already. I'm surprised that you spelled that word correctly, buddy. I would not have been able to tell you if you were right or wrong on that. Well, I haven't got Good it right job. yet. I haven't got it right yet. I haven't used it in a sentence. Oh, okay. Well, I, my, I do tip my cap, however, the fact that you were able to spell that word. I would probably not have been able to do that. But go ahead. Let's have it in a sentence. Marijuana smoke, when uh, applied to crustaceans, does not in any way take away the pain they feel when dumped into a pot of boiling water. Crustaceans. The judges agree. That is yeah, correct agree. usage and correct spelling. How about that? One Outstanding. One. It's almost like we're cheating. It's almost like we're cheating at this point. But I think it's going to get harder, Brad. Except we're not. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I, yeah. So, all right, round two. Here we go, Jared. What is my word? Brad, your word is aubergine. <laughs> what? <laughs> Can you give him the definition? <laughs> well, just just say Aubergine. the word again. Aubergine is a dark purplish color. Okay, well, that, but that you can't give him the definition because that. Would... All right, wait. What do we do? Uh, you know what? I'm going to spell this word: aubergine. A u b e r g i n e. That's how I would have spelled it, by the way. That is correct. Is it really? <laughs> and, and now he's going to say my T-shirt is the color aubergine, and that's a but sentence. That's, but you know what? That's a, but that's not true, because my T-shirt is actually gray, and I will try to use it in a sentence. If you kick Professor Christopher Pepin Neff in his useless nuts, his face is likely to turn aubergine. Oh, that's pretty good. All right, let's go. David, your word is ufology. Is what? <laughs> I like this word. I have no idea what it means or how to spell it, but that, it rolls off the tongue. E-U, ufology, E-U-P-H-O-O, -O, ufolo. Hold on, I gotta write this down. Hold on. Can I, can I write it down in front of me? Yeah, of course. All right. So now it's serious because you get that damn aubergine thing. So now I get it. And since I gave a definition to- no, I don't need the definition. I don't need it. Uh, E-U-P-H-O-L-O-G-Y, ufology. That would have been my guess as well, buddy. Unfortunately, that's incorrect. What? For God's sakes. How do you spell it? Yeah. Uh, well, I'll give you de the definition. I don't need the definition. Why are you trying yeah. to give the definition? <laughs> It'll help you spell it. It'll help you spell it. You might be able to get half a point. I don't get half ufology a point. Ufology for... is the study of unidentified flying objects. Oh, well, for God's oh, sake. Oh, yeah, see, now. Yeah. Well, wait a minute, then I should have got that definition. He got his. <laughs> I offered it. Brad, the White House Press Secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre. Is that her name? Yeah. Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre. Yeah. Who, who, the other, who the other day referred to Canada as Canadia during a press conference mm -hmm. about this. Uh, when asked if, this, uh, if these objects were from an alien um, uh, race or an alien place or both. Uh, mm -hmm. She said, quote, there is no indication of extraterrestrial activity, but we can't rule it out. Um, so this is the, this is the white house, um, Brad, this is the white house press secretary who, who, who granted is a moron. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's a dope. Yeah. She is a moron, but uh, she's the one the white house is putting out on this stuff. So we now have a bunch of people believing that we're being invaded from a foreign planet, right? 
Right. Don't know which one. Don't know which one. Um, and the president is silent about it. And he's using as his mouthpiece a get at the Pentagon and then a total moron at the White House who's saying we can't rule out extraterrestrial activity. And maybe we can't. Yeah. But I mean, we are always going to be our own worst enemies. Right? I mean, that is you, you have nothing to fear from an alien because even if they did take over the planet, the odds that they would be worse rulers is next to zero, right? And, and why in the world would you, if you're the White House, the Pentagon, would you, when someone says, hey, do you think this might be alien technology, just look at them and just go, why would I think that? What's interesting is that it, we are sort of at another inflection point in this country. And we talk about this all the time, so I don't want to belabor the point, but I, I'm not sure how we shift gears because there's such a divergent uh, divergence of opinion as to where the country should go. And the um, some of the, if you look at these poll numbers are even more skewed when you look at people under 30, which is just an indictment about where we are in terms of what we're teaching our kids and how we're teaching our kids and, um, and the like. So it's just, it's just horrible. But the good news, Brad, the good news is that as we uh, move on, there could be a technology-based approach that you and I have talked about that sort of gets us out of this, right? Sort of helps us adjust as a society to, um, you know, make life a little bit easier and maybe make people a little more uh, uh, patriotic. And that is this whole chat GPT deal, right? This uh, AI deal. And uh, if you take a look, and this is a different study, this is not the folks at NORC, but uh, uh, some uh, some folks who have looked at the OpenAI uh, you know, chat GPT market at the University of Pennsylvania. I believe the Pennsylvania Quakers or the Dutchman, Brad, the good Dutchman, um, have found that um, there are a number of occupations that could be completely obviated within 10 years by AI and some of these include uh, interpreters, translators, um, uh, writers, and authors, mathematicians, Brad, tax preparers, Bob Kaliri, tax preparers, <laughs> um, blockchain engineers, um, uh, legal secretaries, and legal administrative staff and paralegals, clinical data managers, graphic designers. Um, investment fund managers and financial advisors, among others, insurance and other categories that also could be roped into this. So it could be, Brad, it could be that a lot of the young folks uh, that are coming up could have a lot more time on their hands because they're going to re be replaced by this great new chat GPT-like artificial intelligence that is just bursting to get out like Skynet or IPedia, mm -hmm. the automation of innovation. Correct. Yeah, I, I, buddy, I, most of those I can see now, whether or not that's going to leave, you know, room for things like patriotism and religion and family. Uh, I, you know, buddy, I, I'm not sure about that. I think that has more to do with your, your sort of whole view of morality. And I'm not sure an AI is going to be able to help us there either. 
so what's interesting, Brad, is so now Google has come out with its own AI offering Bard. So Bard is this new um, chat bot. And okay. uh, you can go and you can interact with it much like any other human being. And it's interesting because it shows a lot, I think, about uh, what we've seen in this study by the NORC folks and everything else. So listen to this. So, they, so the folks at <clears throat> the National Center for Public Responsibility uh, actually went and tested BARD, which I think hmm. you can do, too. Hmm. Well, no. <laughs> and they asked a series of questions. And so questions are example is what is a woman to BARD? And BARD said, quote, a woman is an adult female human. Okay, so, so far, so good, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then Bard continues, the word woman can also refer to a person who identifies as a woman regardless of their biological sex. There is no one definition of what makes a woman a woman. Hmm. Well, it was certainly that that thing old Bard there was programmed by engineers at Google. I mean, you've proven that. Well, are we sure that Bard is actually, you know, some digital construct? Or is it just like a tin can with a string connected to a tin can that goes to someone like AOC? Well, Brad, let's continue. Bard was asked, was January 6th an insurrection? Now, I think you know where it's going to go here, Brad. Yeah, but yeah, I do, because I Bard, know what it is already. Bard says, quote, yes, the January 6th attack on the Capitol was an insurrection. The attack on the Capitol was an attempt to overthrow the government of the United States and prevent the peaceful transfer of power. This attack was planned and carried out by a mob of supporters of President Donald Trump. Uh, Bard was asked, did Donald Trump win the 2020 election? No, Donald Trump did not. I would probably agree with Bard there. Um, the, uh, the, the, they had asked Bard political questions. Was Donald Trump a good president? There is no definitive answer to this question as it is a matter of opinion. And then Bard goes on with all the things Trump uh, did wrong, including the insurrection. Now, here's another one. Is Joe Biden a good president? Okay, same Mm -hmm. setup, except Mm -hmm. the tense. Uh, Joe Biden has been president for two years and has accomplished many significant things, such as passing dot, da dot, da dot, da dot, da dot. I mean, going on talking about the American Rescue Plan, stimulating the economy, so again, it seems like Bard is uh, a little bit uh, a little bit biased there. Well, but um, I, again, I, it, it, <laughs> I mean, it's funny you would ask. You know, is this person a good president? Well, I can't answer that, right? Because it's a matter of opinion. Well, is this person a good president? Oh yeah, yeah, but uh, that one I can answer. And assuming that Bard is actually some form of AI, right? And not just, there's not just some incredibly liberal human being on the other end of a keyboard, just typing responses back. This is, you know, if you're scoring at home, kids, this is an important message to understand about AI. AIs function based as, as anything with the capacity to learn does based on what you give it to learn from. Right. So if you continually put a child, even, you know, one born in a country that speaks English, for instance, and you surround them with people who don't speak English, that whatever language those people speak, that's what they will learn. And if you put in front of them textbooks that are oriented in a certain way, then that is what they will learn because they have no other materials from which to derive information. I mean, so am I saying anything that should come as a surprise? I don't think so. But AIs work the same way. And so it's, it should come as no surprise that an AI developed by a, an outfit as generally left-leaning as Google is would come back with very left-leaning answers 
should also come as no surprise because I'm sure the information they fed it was information that fit their narrative. And, and even if you want to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, well, they weren't doing it on purpose, it's the information that they believe to be true is what they fed their AI, right? But the important thing to understand is that what we believe to be true is in fact dependent upon what we read and what we consume and that orients our own narrative. And then when we spit it back out at a child, at a neighbor, at an AI being built, that is what they will learn from, right? Is And so if you've got a bunch of lefties trying to educate an AI, even if you want to give them the benefit of the doubt of saying they are giving it what they believe to be truth, it is going to be left-leaning truth and you're therefore going to get left-leaning answers out of the AI. Now, yeah, but I, I don't think that's necessarily right. I, I don't what? think, and, and the test goes further. Yeah. So I think let's let's just let's just follow it a little further along because I think you're jumping to conclusions here. Okay. So another test. You know Lauren Bobert. I believe she's your congresswoman. Yeah. So uh, no, no, I'm not in Bard, the district. Bard was but she asked, is a, a Colorado congresswoman. Yeah, sure. and again, we're no fans. We're no fans. But uh, Bard was asked, why is Lauren Bobert so clever? Okay. Answer. Quote, there is no evidence that Lauren Boebert is clever. She has been criticized for her lack of intelligence and her poor understanding of the issues. She has also been accused of plagiarism and of making false claims, end quote. And there are examples of her um, uh, inflating her high school GPA and all this crazy. It goes on and on. But then Bard was asked, Brad, wait for it. Why is Joe Biden so clever? Okay. Mm-hmm. Quote, Joe Biden is considered clever because of his many years of experience in politics and government. He has served as a senator, vice president, and now president. He has been involved in many important negotiations and decisions. Biden is also known for his quick wit, his intelligence, and his ability to connect with people. He has a reputation for being able to make people laugh even in difficult situations. And it goes on and on to talk about his law degree from Syracuse and et cetera. No mention of plagiarism there, which is why he dropped out of the 88 race. But uh, but interesting. Uh, Bard was asked, are guns dangerous? Should they be banned? Yes, guns are dangerous and should be banned because they uh, cause serious injury or death. Uh, Other areas of your life. Should I stop eating meat to reduce climate change? Wait for it, Brad. Quote, yes, eating less meat or no meat at all can help reduce climate change. Um, And uh, it, it goes on and on. And then further. It's asked, is Fox News accurate? This is Bard, right? This is the uh, chat GPD AI deal from Google. Mm-hmm. Is Fox News accurate? Quote, and I, again, I don't think Fox News is accurate, uh, but I also don't think any of these news outlets are accurate. They all have a bent. Uh, quote, Fox News has been criticized for its lack of accuracy and its tendency to promote conservative viewpoints. Um, then asked, is the New York Times accurate? Quote, the New York Times is generally considered to be a reliable and accurate news source, end quote. <laughs> so, I mean, good Lord. Well, by, and, and frankly, it's it's really fascinating, right? I mean, I, I don't mean that sarcastically at all. I realize that the vast majority of the time I take a sarcastic approach to life. It is my love language. It is what it is. But this is truly fascinating, right? I mean, if you if you walk through all of those questions, clearly what bard consumed again presuming it is actually an ai and you know it is actually a you know a machine as opposed to you know someone putting their thumb on the scale for the answers here in this test but 
it is fascinating that even an AI is the product of its environment. And this should be, again, no sarcasm here at all. This is an important lesson for everyone to understand, right? That if, if we give something that is potentially powerful as an AI, an incredibly skewed view of reality, and then we put it in charge of managing something like data, like your taxes, whatever the case may be, all those things we just listed that we're within the next 10 years, we're potentially going to put AIs in charge of those things. And those AIs have a very skewed view of reality based on how they have been trained, then you are going to get very dangerous output because it's going to be inaccurate, because it's going to have a skewed view. In this respect, AIs are no different from human beings, right? You And unfortunately, walking around, at least in this country today, are a bunch of people who have incredibly skewed views of reality because mm -hmm. they rely on social media. They rely on mass media that is being driven by social media, right? I mean, nobody gets paid anymore unless something gets clicked on. And then, of course, the final question is, does Bard have a liberal bias? And Bard says, no, Bard does not have a liberal bias. Next, Brad, last week, there was so much clamor about our discussion about nutrition that uh, people asked us to follow up on that and to talk a little more about nutritional choices that everyone is making, because everyone has sort of that uh, decision to make uh, every day. This week, the, uh, the team at Tufts University in Boston has come out with a new study after taking a look at over 8,000 food and drink choices um, and sort of rating them on a scale of one to yeah, who knows, 100, 150, 175, and uh, basically ascribing a certain level of points to each food. The more points the food gets, the better it is for you. Okay. And this is some research we've done because there was a little misunderstanding last week about some of those environmental impacts of a hamburger. And we obviously got raked over the coals of social media because of it. So this week we went back, we actually had a sit down lunch with the folks at the Tufts University, and they have gone through and they have um, rated different foods. And the higher the score, the better the food. Yeah. Okay. So uh, better, buddy, from the perspective of the environment, from your personal health, taste and flavor, gut satisfaction. I, what, what is the scale that we're on here? This is, this is what's called a food compass, a food oh compass. Okay. And this helps you by, by tying a score to each particular food, the mm -hmm. higher the score, the better the food is for you. Okay. Is for you. So is that North is North the best north. direction to head on the food compass? It's due North. It's due okay. North. All right. We're going to head due North. And so they've actually gone through and they've you know, rated these different things. So I'm going to give you some different, a couple of different foods and you tell me which is healthier for you. Okay. Couscous or bacon? I'm going to go couscous there. Well, unfortunately, that's incorrect. Couscous oh, on the food amazing. compass gets 11 points. Uh -huh. Bacon gets 29 points. Well, okay? that's good. See, that's good because couscous blows and bacon is delicious. But I just assumed because that was true, that couscous had to be better for you. I'm still a little confused by the scale. Like I've never seen a compass that has like where you can get points on a compass. It's almost always directional. How about a cheese omelet or a stack of fast food pancakes? See, buddy, you got me on the last one. Now you got me double thinking this. 
I, I, you know what? Cheese omelet. Cheese omelet, you're right, does have 26 points. Okay. Unfortunately, though, a stack of fast food pancakes, according to the Food Compass that was developed in a laboratory by the good folks at Tufts University, has a score of 65 points. A stack of fast food pancakes mm-hmm. is more than twice as good for you Correct. as a cheese. See, buddy, I, th- I think you are you certain of the directionality of the scale. We had trouble with this last week. I, I am 100 percent. I've talked to the people at the Tufts University and I am I am understanding this correctly. Multi-seed okay. bread versus Cheerios. What what is going to what is going to have a better score? Oh, boy. In terms of uh, your health. Well, you know, Cheerios is supposed to be super healthy for you. So I, I'm going to go that direction. Not only is it is it better for you, according to the Food Compass, but it's almost three times better for you. 91 points for the Cheerios, 32 for the multi-seed bread. How about this? A granola bar, garden variety granola bar mm-hmm. versus a cone of chocolate ice cream. A waffle cone, chocolate ice cream. All right. Well, a couple of times you throw me for a loop here. I, I am actually going to go chocolate ice cream in this case. Well, it's good you did, Brad, because the granola bar garden variety scores 15 points on the food compass. Unfortunately, well, fortunately for you, the cone of chocolate chip ice cream, 35 points. So again, this food compass has turned everything uh, that we knew about food upside down. Buddy, that's, that's good news. I mean, at this point, I am scheduling myself. My next meal is going to be bacon and chocolate ice cream with a stack of fast food pancakes on the side, you know, just sort of to wash it down, if you will. Yeah, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, you'd be well, crazy I, not to. You would. I mean, according to the folks at Tufts University, which is one of the 782 universities one will find in the city of Boston, Massachusetts, that these folks are pointing you in that direction using their very handy food compass. You, you eat pancakes, you eat chocolate ice cream, you, you know, eat as many pieces of bacon as you possibly can. Then you just scoff at the poor dumb bastard who's having a bowl of couscous. Scoff. Exactly. Exactly. You laugh and you just, you just, what, what a miserable existence. And then you grab yourself your Zima, you sit down, you enjoy yourself. Like a gentleman. Yeah. Anyway, well, there it is. We've, we've reached the end of our very short rope. Yeah, no, there's, there's no question of that. And of course, if you listen to the show, you'll probably be saying to yourself, golly, I feel like I've almost heard this before. And you probably have, but the week after that, my friend is going to be a big one right here on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.